everyone. Today is March 18th, 2015. I am your podcast host, client manager, John Niggle of InTouch Manufacturing Services. InTouch is an American company headquartered in Shenzhen, China, that specializes in quality control product inspections, factory audits, social compliance, and sourcing. My guest today is Steve Mogenthal, client services manager at InTouch. And he's going to be talking with us about four telltale signs of a bad supplier. This is a follow-up podcast based on a blog article Steve had written in January. So welcome, Steve. Hi, John. Thanks for having me. And I guess we should start off by having Steve just sort of give us another brief intro of where he's from, how long he's been in touch, that sort of thing. Sure. I, uh, I'm from Portland, Oregon, and I've been here in China for over four years and within touch for, for almost all of that as a client services manager. Okay. So let's just get right into it here with the first sign of a bad supplier. And that is, uh, you mentioned the story is always changing. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. This, uh, this kind of comes down to, you never know the real reason for why you can't get things done the way you want them to be. And so this often comes out as like a, a shipping delay. There's going to be some reason why things are delayed, and it never has to do with the factory. It's a, you know it's a supplier, a sub supplier that hasn't delivered the part yet, or maybe the factory is telling you that they're waiting for confirmation from you on some point. But really, you've probably already provided that information to them. They're just they're dragging their feet, or they're in over their heads, whatever the reason is. And you also see this sometimes with product development. And you might have a way of doing things or a way you want to see them done. But if the factory doesn't want to do them or doesn't know how, they'll come up with a list of excuses for why you shouldn't do it that way or why it's better if you do it a different way. And the whole point of it, though, is that the reason you can't get something done is always changing. And it's never generally the truth that you get. And you, this also happens a lot with social compliance. There are many reasons why you can't schedule a social compliance audit. Uh, we're too busy. It's getting close to a holiday. We don't have enough workers back from a holiday. You're, you know, you're not a big enough client or why can't you accept paperwork that we already have from a different audit we did five years ago that isn't relevant anymore you get all of these different reasons, especially with social compliance, because it's such a headache for the factories. And what it all boils down to is they just don't want to do it, but they give you different reasons for why it can't be done. So a lot of excuses there for why a service, a particular service can't happen. Absolutely. Okay. I think we're, that transitions nicely into the second point. The second sign of a bad supplier, your supplier is never wrong. Right. Many factories do not want to admit that they've made a mistake, and so they assign blame to other parties. And you, you kind of see this in a, in a few key areas. One of them, again, is with product delays. They'll blame a supplier, and, and they, won't, they won't take responsibility, especially when it comes, you know, if there's a financial penalty involved. They really they, they try and shift that blame as much as they can hoping that you won't, you won't make them pay that cost. Poor quality is also an area where you often see factories not owning up to their own mistakes. And 
That can be, oh, we have some new workers, we'll do better next time. But they're not really addressing the issue, which is you have a shipment of goods that are substandard. What do you do with them? And really, how are they going to fix it going forward? When they hire new workers, it doesn't matter if they've been working there for a year or not. You want them to be trained. So if the factory is, is not giving you some concrete steps that it is going to take to fix the issue, then they're really just, they're just saying, no, we're not wrong. This is, this is your, uh, you know, it's someone else's problem, basically. So they're ditching sort of the responsibility for making sure deadlines are met in terms of all the deliverables, that, that kind of thing. Absolutely. Shipping without inspection is another, is another example so if they didn't receive an email from you as the importer, the buyer, they might just make a decision and say, oh, well, we, you know, we, uh, we didn't want to miss the shipping date. We know that's so important to you. So we just didn't schedule the inspection. So sorry, we'll do it next time. But for many clients uh, that we work with, getting that quality inspection before shipment is very, very, very important. And the factories know that inspection is a standard part of the import-export game and so when they make that kind of argument, unless they really have that kind of understanding with the client, they're probably just saying, no, we don't want to deal with the inspection. We'd rather get the goods out the door and, and we'll let you worry about it later. Right. To move on to your third point, you said that sometimes a bad supplier will knowingly arrange inspection based on false information. So what do you mean by false information? Well, let, let's take a step back just a little bit. Many suppliers will drag their feet. Okay. So that means holding out on providing in basic inspection information, not telling us when things will be ready, uh, not telling us where the factory is located, changing the factory location at the last minute. There are a number of, of kind of shady things that suppliers do to slow the process down. And ultimately it's in the hope of avoiding uh, inspection altogether. What you really have to watch out for is when the supplier knowingly books an inspection uh, based on false information. That's when you, you know you've got a, a, real, uh, a real problem on your hands. And that might mean just lying to us, uh, the inspection company, about where the goods will be or how much will be done on, on the day that the service is booked for. Sometimes the inspectors will show up to the factory and find that the product is not there, even though when they were booking through the supplier, they were told the product was ready and finished and you know ready to be inspected. Right. Uh, that, that's true. That definitely happens. And it's often, uh, maybe more often the case when you have a vendor involved, because the vendor obviously is not the factory, and the vendor may not have visited the factory in the last six months even, or year. They don't know the actual situation. So it's it's easier for them to say, this was the information I provided. Sorry, it didn't work out. Better luck next time. But even in that situation, it, it's hard to believe and it's impossible really to accept that kind of behavior when maybe the inspection company is arranging a routine during production inspection and the vendor, the supplier, whatever, knows that there will not be a final inspection. So they have every incentive to misbook that during production inspection so that it's too early and that you don't get to inspect anything. And then they basically get to make the whole order and they know there won't be a final inspection. Okay. 
And your last point that you made was, um, you know, the fourth sign of a bad supplier, where a supplier would tell you that the inspection company did a bad job, but they can't provide details explaining what that exactly means. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it always follows the same pattern. You'll have uh, an inspection be completed, the report is sent, and then a few days later or a month later, whatever the case, or maybe it's a vendor reporting on behalf of a factory, someone is telling you that something bad happened at the factory. And maybe they're saying that the inspector asked for money, or maybe he wanted a special treatment or a super nice lunch or dinner, whatever. There are many, many, bribery can come in many forms. But what is always consistent is that the person reporting the issue was not present. It's all hearsay. And oftentimes it's being reported late as well. So the inspector has left the factory. You can't really investigate anything. It's all just whatever something, some, someone heard something and then, and then told the client that it was the inspection company's fault and, and can't provide any specific details about what was said or who was involved. And it's all, the, the claims are all very general. And when you start to push the supplier on the issue and you ask for those details, the whole story generally just falls apart. And so for that reason, you need to communicate with your supplier beforehand that they need to be calling you immediately after, after something bad happens and calling the, the inspection company as well because an inspection company doesn't want this, uh, this reputation. They want to actively investigate allegations of bribery and root that out as, as much as it possibly can. That is um, definitely a, a priority of an inspection company. Okay, great. So it seems to me like these four signs, sort of the all-encompassing description for a bad supplier might be to say that a bad supplier is one that will make a lot of excuses, will sort of not take responsibility, there's no accountability there, lack of transparency, and perhaps they place the blame somewhere else and they'll try and arrange services like inspections on false pretenses, sort of with false information to avoid the oversight, the added oversight from a third party. Would you sort of agree with that? Yeah, totally. Re resisting oversight is a huge red flag. We see it all the time, especially with new clients. Uh, it's, it's classic to see the factory immediately put up walls um, about, oh, the the schedule, shipping schedule is so tight, or I don't know about this company. I really don't trust them. I don't like inspection companies. There are a thousand and one reasons why they don't want the inspection, why they don't want the audit. And so as soon as you see that and you start to push back a little bit and cut through that, eventually they'll accept. And, uh, and if, you, if you really put up clear guidelines and, and hold the suppliers to it, uh, you'll find out which ones are really there to be your partner and which ones are really just looking to make an easy buck. That doesn't mean they're gonna, it's outright fraud or that they're trying to cheat you, but they're, they're not interested in being uh, a quality supplier for you. Okay, great. So now that we know sort of what to look out for in terms of a bad supplier, and we sort of understand that, how can a buyer go about protecting themselves from a bad supplier or avoiding one in the first place? Sure, it's a great question. I, I, I guess I kind of addressed that point for complaints without evidence already, which is 
setting up clear guidelines for your supplier to report those kinds of problems. And also part of that needs to be how quickly they report it. It should not be three days later, a week later, a month later, whatever. That is not okay. You need to let them know that it's really frowned upon, in fact, if they're reporting something that late. That kind of allegation needs to be made immediately after it happens. And really, it needs to be when the inspector is still at the factory and and somebody can still investigate it. And going in reverse order here from the points we talked about, avoiding inspection that comes down to setting very clear guidelines for the supplier. They have to have inspection before it ships. And it's totally, you have to let them know that it's totally unacceptable to ship it without inspection, if that is your wish. And for, uh, you know, changing stories and never being wrong, the best way to cut through all of those excuses is to have people visiting the factory regularly. And that might mean checking up on order status, doing an inspection, visiting sub-suppliers. You can check in on a lot of different points to see what the real story is. And again, if the supplier is not open to that kind of involvement from you, then they're really not interested in being a quality supplier. Okay, great. I want to thank Steve Mogenthal for joining us and talking a little bit about um, suppliers and what to look out for. So thank you, Steve. Thank you, John. And I wanted to thank our listeners as well and remind you guys to check out our Facebook page, become a fan, follow us on LinkedIn, check out our YouTube channel. We have some videos up there, including one with Steve talking about social compliance, a favorite topic of his. And uh, if you'd like to contact us directly, you can drop us a line on our company website. That is www.intouchquality.com. Thank you.